On this episode of Location Cubed, we're talking about hospitality, Howard's Coffee Cup, and some updates on some new happenings at Weaver. This is Location Cubed. Howard, let's rip off the Band-Aid. All right. Uh, you've got a coffee cup conspicuously displayed. It's not a Weaver coffee cup. It's a China coffee cup. What's up with the coffee right. cup? So, Rob, as you know, we've talked about a number of times, and as I think a lot of our listeners know, um, I lived for four years in China, um, in Shanghai. Um, and while I was over there, I got to travel around the region quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So as you were staying in China for that period of time, mm-hmm. you, you, not, you didn't just live. You also traveled, like mm-hmm. you said, and mm-hmm. vacationed a bit. So what were some of the, the hotels like? Well, overseas. you know, it was very interesting. It was, I'll say the, like everything else in, in China, it was, you know, extreme. So some of the hotels that were the more budget type hotels were really budget type hotels and I try not to stay at those very limited, often. Ser- limited service hotels. Limited service, limited cleanliness, limited room. Um, <laughs> Pre-pandemic, obviously. Uh, maybe even post-pandemic, I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, I stayed at a few hotel rooms which were not much larger than the studio, if okay. even. Um, but the nice hotels were over-the-top nice. Yep. Um, lots of great service. You know, you'd walk in and there'd be 20 people standing behind the desk. Uh, restaurants were fantastic. Would have breakfast buffets, you know, every day. Yeah. Uh, there was one hotel, it was a Westin, actually in Shanghai, where they did a breakfast brunch on Sundays. Mm-hmm. And I remember taking my family there, and I still have these visions of my daughter standing at the seafood station, spooning caviar onto her plate. She definitely got her money's worth, yeah. got my money's worth sure. um, at that. But it was, again, probably the biggest thing, like a lot of things in Asia at the time especially, was service. Service, 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 and it was always so good. How do you think that's changed now? I know you haven't been back, but yeah, yeah. What, what do you think? Well, I mean, I'll just think about some of the trends that have been happening maybe locally that okay. are probably translating there maybe on a, a lesser scale. Um, and we've talked about this, some of these things on a mm-hmm. previous podcast, is that it's... People are expecting less. Uh, I think, you know, we've talked about this as well, is how many times do you go to a hotel and your room doesn't get cleaned up every single day? Mm-hmm. You know, you walk in. Oh, that's the norm. You, you walk, that's really the it's, norm It's the norm, you yeah. know, but it used to not be. Right. You know, I still remember when I was younger and I would go traveling is not only was my room cleaned up every day, but then someone would come in, like, while I was at dinner, I would come home and the sheets were turned down and music would be on the radio. Mint on your time. Mint on the pillow. Um, You know, that definitely. Were you traveling in the 1950s? I haven't seen (laughs) that in my entire adult life. Wow, you're never going to lose an opportunity to (laughs) to get on me about my age. And you're not that much older than me. I know, it just seems like it. So anyway. um, Older? I'm younger than you. (laughs) I was waiting to see when you were going to get that. Yeah, this this is literally (laughs) unscripted. Anyways, so So limited service. So limited service. So now things have become much more limited service, even at the full-service hotels. Right. Uh, you know, and is it a matter of, is it staffing issue? Is it a people are expecting less? Is it a cost savings issue? It's probably a, well, a combination it, of all three. Availability of cleaning products. I mean, you, you probably have supply chain, staffing, labor. You have all the after effects of the pandemic rolled up into one ball right. there. And what's happening, though, as a result of all that is here we are now in the summer of 22, and prices are going through the roof. Right. Uh, my wife and I are planning a couple of vacations. Uh, one of them, we're looking to go to San Antonio. And... We're looking to stay at a relatively nice place because it's just the two mm-hmm. of us. And we're looking at rooms in the, you know, $300, $400 range, which a year or two ago definitely wasn't the case. Oh, Pre-pandemic oh. wasn't the case. But you're still taking the trip. Still taking the trip. Okay. And we're going to we're gonna pay, you know, 
$4.50 or higher gas to, to get there. I don't know where you're going for that cheap gas, but I want to know <laughs> where you're filling up. Interesting, I was looking at an article over the weekend, and it was sort of projecting what travel trends are going to be. And hotel chains are expecting record occupancies. They're going to be, be, see some of their highest mm -hmm. occupancy mm -hmm. rates, period. Mm -hmm. Not just going back to pre-pandemic, but we're talking about all-time highs blowing them out of the water. Right. So it's right. like despite some of the high prices, the cost of getting there, the limited service, people still want a vacation. There's three years of pent-up, perhaps, vacation well, and travel demand here. I, I was going to say, my daughter is leaving soon to go to Europe for her senior trip. And she graduated back in 2020. So it's, you know, for her, it's been two years that she's been waiting. It's like, I want to go to Europe, I want to go to Europe, I want to go to Europe. And for whatever reason, there's been so many, she couldn't make it. Right. This year, it's like, okay, this may be our opportunity. Yeah. You know, for all we know, I mean, from a pandemic standpoint, everything is kind of back to normal. She still has right. to fill out a health card. She still has to take her vaccine card with her. Mm -hmm. But the fact is, is if we say, well, maybe next year, for all we know, next year they may not, may be closed again. Right. And so I think people are taking, the, one, they have the pent-up demand. And secondly, they're saying, now or never, I'm going to take advantage of this while I can. Right. And so, hence, you know, as a result, you've got much higher rates um, because of that. And as of yesterday, U.S. citizens no longer need right. to test to get back into the country. And that impacts someone like me who's going to be traveling internationally and will be coming back in. It alleviates a lot of the anxiety that some travelers associated with that. Now, this article also talked about how there some of the you know, global hotel chains mm -hmm. similarly believe they're going to see an uptick in international travel, not just domestic travel. Right. So those vacancy rates, or I should say those occupancy rates, are going up not just in the United States. They anticipate this to be worldwide right. demand. Right. And how much of that is also going to help the business travel and the convention travel? I, you know, we talked, you know, absolutely. last summer it was limited service, staycations, places you could drive to, came right. back pretty quickly. Right. But like the convention center hotels, things like that, not so much. Right. Now that you've got almost like the full allowance of travel and you've right. got people who can travel internationally without concern, you're going to start to see bigger conventions and you're going to start to see more people at the conventions and you're going to start to see those convention center hotels picking up. And remember, and those people aren't necessarily price sensitive. Right. So you can definitely you know, raise up the rates and, and still do okay. And we still might be a year out from some of that because those conferences that were planned. They take a while to plan. That you're talking about six months to a year to plan that conference, hear mm -hmm. the hotel space, your speakers, and everything else. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to anticipate by this time next year, we probably are seeing a full return to a full, truly a full conference schedule, unlike some of the ones you and I have been to, mm -hmm. we've talked about, where it's part virtual, part in person, which is kind of frustrating for everybody because you lose one of the reasons you're going to the conference, right. which is to meet people. Right. Yeah, I mean, nothing quite like getting the participant list and going, oh, hey, let's get together for coffee at the conference. Oh, I'm coming virtually. Right. You know, a lot right. of good that does me. Right. So, yeah, very, very frustrating. Hopefully, you'll start to see more and more conferences taking off that virtual option. But at the same time, as a conference organizer, it doesn't cost me anything to put a camera there because I'm probably recording it anyway. If I can charge someone $2,000 and not have to pay anything else, why would I get rid of that as a conference organizer? Throw one wrench into things. So we always do. I know. We're potentially looking at a much different global economy perhaps in the next six months is what we saw in the prior six months. Mm -hmm. As interest rates continue to go up, mm -hmm. inflationary pressures, wage pressures start to set in, mm -hmm. do you have some employers that now revert back to the 2008, 9, 10 strategy of saying, 
instead of sending 12 people to that conference, you know, we're going to send three. So we're going to scale back on some of that business travel, despite the fact mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that we can now travel somewhat unimpeded. Right. We have to economically scale back because we just can't afford it. How mm -hmm. does that impact hospitality? Well, I mean, again, it's again a future growth. The thing to keep in mind, though, is for the last two, three years, it's been zero. So three is still a lot better than zero, True. not quite where you know where twelve is, and and I do think that you'll probably start to see that for a period of time. But I think the smart companies look at it from the standpoint of when things are starting to slow down, when things are starting to get concerned, the people who are in the market then are going to reap dividends going forward. Right. I think that's a lesson for just about any type of business and any type of way of doing things. I think a lot of people still get scared and look at the bottom line and go, no. Um, but I think the smart companies will go, let's make those investments now when nobody else is or lesser people are doing it to become that much more effective with it. So you live out in the burbs. Um, I live out in the burbs. There's been a lot of hotel construction in the past. I'm yep. um, just thinking about your, you know, your commute home or driving around. Are you seeing much going up from a hospitality standpoint right now, or do you think we've maybe we're in a low point with that? It's not stopping now. A lot of the deals are were papered and paid for, mm -hmm. capital stacks raised a year ago, two years ago. Right. Right. So it's always going to be it's that type of development is going to perhaps lag behind the industry in general. Mm -hmm. We continue to see luxury hotels that are being zoned, papered, and going vertical. And there's three within, I'm going to say, a five-mile radius of where I live, and I'm far north Texas. Right. right? And these are resort-style conference center hotels. And again, I subscribe to the theory that the folks who are behind those developments are significantly smarter than me. The economists they're paying to predict future trends are smarter than me. Mm -hmm. And they may be anticipating future demand and future trend, not necessarily living in today's market. They're trying to live in the market of 2025 and 2030. Right. Okay. And uh, I'll, I'll throw a monkey wrench on you at this point. So think of hospitality, not just from a hotel standpoint, but also from a restaurant standpoint. What do you what, do you, what are you seeing and what are you hearing about from a, a restaurant perspective in terms of what's happening? I was reading an article uh, by a national restaurant association mm -hmm. and talked about despite the fact that many restaurants during the pandemic failed mm -hmm. and there is an abundance of restaurant equipment, the demand for new restaurants continues to be high. And there's operators that continue to move into new brands and new markets despite the propensity for failure in a new restaurant. You, you, know? mean, you mean the demand for customers or demand for people to want to open restaurants? Both. Okay. Uh, okay. Across, across both demand and for restaurateurs who are willing to get into new spaces. Mm -hmm. I think there's some geographic uh, impact there as well. We see in our market brands, we've talked about this mm -hmm. in, other cons mm -hmm. in other podcasts, brands that are coming in from outside this market right. who are establishing a footprint in the Texas area, in the, let's just say in DFW. Um, you're going to continue to see that uh, persist. Well, yeah, my wife and I went to dinner on Saturday night, and we went to a restaurant that's very new to us, um, didn't even know it existed like six weeks ago, and look at their menu, and they're talking about stuff they've been doing for 20 years. Okay. So obviously below the below our radar, new, new to the area, but been around for quite some time. And you know where we're going to be in October in Grandscape, the day this place opens? Yes, I know. It's, where are um, we going? Uh, Portillo's. Portillo's, right. yes, famous we're, for we're, their... We'll settle for, for their um, 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 steak sandwiches. <laughs> Or as you called it, what shaved Th this beef, is not, this Italian is, beef? This thing? is this is not uh, a, a blooper. This is <laughs> really shock. 
It's Italian beef. That too. You okay. know, it, it, but we will solve once and for all why Whataburger is better. So, so. We're gonna, we are going to do a podcast where we're going to do a taste test. We're going to do a <laughs> blind taste test. Okay. We are literally going to blindfold you, and I'm going to put that, that thing that you call a Whataburger on one side and a por- delicious Portillo's hamburger on the other side. You're going to wash that bad boy down with a chocolate cake shake. I say that's and what I'm really tru- looking forward to. And then you the are truly going to know what Nirvana is. You're okay. going to know Paradise okay. for a brief moment. Did you make reservations yet, by the way? You don't make reservations at a Portillo's. Well, I you figured, just, I figured you, you, you're you you like such a loyal customer. I, you you well, could. I can, I, well, I haven't deleted my app, so I, now I can still use my loyalty points, and you will too. There you go. There you go. Howard, talk about the hard hat. Yeah, so y'all may have noticed in our past few podcasts that we've had this Weaver hard hat sitting here. Um, exciting news. Back effective uh, June 1st, we have combined our real estate practice and our construction practice uh, as one. Uh, We are so looking forward to the opportunities that that's going to provide because real estate and construction do go so hand-in-hand. And we've got, basically increases our presence in terms of number of professionals by about 50%, uh, market share by probably about another 70 80%. But again, just being able to take care of clients from both a real estate and a construction perspective at the same time is going to be fantastic. So very much looking forward to the opportunities that it presents. This sounds like an opportunity for yet another podcast. Yes, we will have a construction-focused podcast. We haven't come up with a catchy name yet. A few of the ones that I've thought about have already been taken. And so we'll have to, uh, to, to noodle on that. But do stay tuned in the coming months for something coming from that. You've been listening to Location Cube. If you like what you hear, check out the like button, and more importantly, offer to help the like button build a new deck. And when the day of the project comes, show up without any tools and just sit around and sort of watch everybody else work. Join us next time on Location Cube, where we'll be talking more about real estate.